Welcome to the Seed Creative Podcast, the podcast where we discuss both video production and just life in general. The goal of this podcast is the same as the goal of our business, to make a difference in people's lives. Hello, this is George Edmondson, and welcome back to yet another incredible, entertaining Seed Creative Podcast. So today we have Nick Golden. What's up? And Nick Colis Coker. Hey there. It's, it's still confusing. <laughs> so we have determined that we call Nick Golden Nick. Yep. And we call it Nicholas Coker Nicholas or, or Coker. Coker. But never <laughs> Nicholas Coker or Coker Nicholas for that. But we do say Nick Golden quite often. We do. To because it's it sounds like it, it's a name for radio. Nick Golden. <laughs> it's a face for radio. Oh, my name is Nick Golden. So today uh, we thought that we would branch out just a little bit from the video world and talk about music. 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 Because we finally have somebody else that appreciates music because Jacob and Gavin just frankly do not understand. Adam understands, but Adam gets it. Adam gets it. And Jacob, I mean, can he can kind of play drums. He can? Yeah. Oh, right. He played, right. Yeah. He was a snare drummer. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. But he he's out of touch now. He just listens to like rap, hip hop stuff that you would find so gross. in South Florida. <laughs> Yeah, Jacob is already 60. Or East Germany. That's what Jacob listens to. Yeah, that's Jacob. This is getting off on a weird foot. Okay. Does the new podcast get off on a normal foot? No, it doesn't because we're not normal. Yeah. We kind of just make this crap up as we go. No, we don't. We've been playing this for months. I just hit my head on the brick wall. Nice. All right. So uh, Nick Golden came to me with this idea, I mean, probably a good 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and, and it was like, hey, you know, we have one idea for the next podcast we're going to film. But for this one, we were like, we're trying to think. And he was like, oh, why don't we talk about music? Because Nick Golden is a musician. It's true. And Nicholas Coker is a musician. And I used to be a musician. He played the drums like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell our listeners and or viewers why should we talk about music in this week's podcast? Well, because first of all, I think it has influenced all of us very much. You wouldn't be where you are without your band. I wouldn't have ever done any sort of video or anything ever without band. Uh, we can get into that a little bit. And I think. I don't know. How has music influenced you, Coker? Well, I'll, I'll be as bold to say if I ran a school for with a film program, I would require a music class as part of the curriculum Wow! because I don't think you can be a good editor without having a good understanding oh, of music. I think 100%. that's how we're all good editors is you have that sense of rhythm. Oh, we actually brought you here to talk about how you're a bad editor. No, <laughs> we wanted to put you on the spot. Yeah. yeah, this is actually live. Yeah, Coker, you're out. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, well, that I 100% agree with that. Uh, you can just tell when you watch a movie that's like you know a lower 
um, budget movie or something, and like their editor or somebody just does not understand music. Yeah, it like it ruins the whole experience. It like it really does, and I definitely think that all of us understanding that like really helps, especially when you're picking music. That's the most. Yeah, we can get into that too. Like when you're picking music for a video. First of all, hardest thing in yeah. my opinion. Uh, yeah, I will. I will butt in here and go ahead and fully declare that selecting music for, especially with as a corporate video production company, selecting music is by far the hardest and sometimes the most time-consuming aspect of like getting into the creation of the video. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, once you select the music, of course, editing is going to take longer, but um, like I guess the finding the final piece of the puzzle to start putting the puzzle together, that is the music and that is typically the hardest. Um, now, every now and then we might find a piece of music and say we're going to film for this music, but it's very rare. Typically, we're filming and then we find the music to fit what we have filmed and that can take that can take a long time. Yeah, I, I can't even really think of an example of when we've done that. Could you, like, we've picked it ahead sure. of time? Sure, so I picked the M synthwave music oh. before we actually filmed. Right. So I knew kind of the the way that it was going to feel and flow. Um, but that's probably the most recent. And that was oh. a, you know, motionvfx.com is our biggest client. Uh, we do typically four or so videos a, a month for them. And so there's going to be a lot of M talk <laughs> when we mm. talk about just videos, you know, now and in the future because we just do so many videos for them. Um, but yeah, M Synthwave was a kind of an 80s inspired um, plugin that they created. And I had found that music once I learned about M Synthwave. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the song we're going to use. Mm. Um, and so, but I mean, that's really the latest one that we've done that for. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's so hard, man. It like, that is the part I almost dread it. Like I don't like, I love all things about editing, but I'm so specific being a musician that man, like, like you'll find the first 30 seconds. You're like, Oh yeah, this song is perfect. And then it like builds into this just like terrible middle phrase or like bridge or something. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, no. And it, that happens every time. I mean, what, like what? How many different songs do you think you listen to on average to pick one for a video? It, 50? It, 30? Yeah. I mean, and it, of course it depends on the client and it depends on what the budget is. I mean, I'm going to just be, you know, completely transparent here. When a client comes to us with a small budget, we have to be able to use that terminology that we've talked about before in other podcasts which is done is better than perfect so you just got to get it done i mean you and i i'm pointing at coker for those that can't see but coker and i have been working on a series of videos uh that he's he well he and gavin really have been working on a more but um he kind of showed me like three or four songs and i was like just go with that one that's it because it's it's a high quantity product and obviously we want to do a good job, but we also have to be good stewards of our time. And so it depends. Now, when a client is very specific, you know, like Motion VFX, and we know M Synthwave, for example, is going to be a song that like really pushes this video edit, 
I'm going to listen a lot more right. because it's it's that much more important. Music and audio are always extremely important because they help set the tone behind the action, behind what's going on. Um, I've actually talked about this before, and as a matter of fact, one of the um, one of the things that I talked about in uh, the conference that I spoke in, where I met. Jacob's then girlfriend and then she said hey my boyfriend is into video and that's how I met Jacob I specifically talked about how music can set edits apart and take boring b-roll and make it fun and I showed about 30 seconds of b-roll with just natural sound uh stuff I shot on my phone it was me like going to Disney World with my family and it was like oh my God, this is so boring because it's just me sitting in a bus and then me getting off the bus and then me putting a stroller up and, you know, really just random shots. But then I put music in and it cut on the beat. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. And it makes that 30 seconds feel like five seconds because you're like invested in it. And you're like, oh, this music is pushing the edit along. And so, yeah, obviously, um, you know, we spend a lot of time selecting music, but it also is absolutely dictated. Everything we do is dictated at the end of the day by either budget or passion. Well, it's yeah. one of the two. And also, I mean, volume is always a consideration too of videos. Like if there's going to be 10 videos, like if a client, if we pick a video for their logo intro, that's going to become their video, their, yeah. their song. So that's really important. I mean, you could even mention the podcast we spent. Yeah, we two spent hours probably yeah. picking a song yeah. because we knew what we wanted, but you know, it, it just, it took a while and you know, luckily Artlist is like amazing. Yeah. That's what we use for music and, but also a lot of people use it too. And you'll see commercials all the time and it'd be like, well, this song is super notable for this truck commercial. So we can't use this song that we also found on Artlist for, you know, a hospital like you know like it's you'll know someone else will recognize it what's funny i think it was carvana i saw a carvana commercial the other day and they were actually using a song uh that we had used for this documentary that we made <laughs> and the documentary uh it actually won an emmy actually it so, did? yeah um and so uh i got it in i got nice. it in quick that was yeah. early but we yeah, it absolutely <laughs> it absolutely like i think it was carvana and i was like gum it that's our song. That's our song. We found it first, Carvana. Is it? I thought it was Carvana. It's definitely Carvana. Carvana. That's. Oh yeah. I see what you thought. I like van. to say. I like C- to say Carvana. 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 Yeah, I think. It's but it's Vanna White. But it's like Nirvana. Well, it's, it's a play on Nirvana. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm, surpri- was, I'm surprised you didn't catch that, Mister Rock and good. Roll. I know who Nirvana is. <laughs> well. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more now that we've talked about how it works in business. Let's talk about how it influenced all of us a little more. Coke or go. Coke or go. Tell, tell me about your first, the first time like music spoke to you that you can remember. The first time music spoke to me. Yeah. Like when's hmm. the, when's, when did you realize we're that you were a musician? Real deep. You were a musician at heart. Like when did it like get you? I think, uh, you know, I grew up with music in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a piano player, cool. is a piano player. He's not dead, um, but uh, he. We had a piano. It was a. It was a really old, clunky, upright piano that we had for many years. Um, and uh, I, just, I just, you know, remember him 
playing it all the time when I was growing up. And um, I remember what I would do a lot before I learned how to play was uh, just I'd look at his music books that he had in there and I'd find ones that had songs that I knew. If it was like a Christmas Carol book or a Disney songs music book, and I would just pull it out and I'd I'd just sing to the music. I didn't exactly know what I was seeing on the staff there, right. but I would just kind of sing the melody that I knew. And uh, so yeah, I, I grew up with it a lot in the home. And then when I was about nine years old, uh, I learned how to play the piano, or I started learning. And uh, and yeah, like I said, I just I, I can't really remember a time without music. So that's the biggest influence I would say for me is is just having it as a part of the home. My mom was a musician as well. She was a singer and um, she would sing as well. And I remember for Christmas, we would always be singing carols and everything. So like I said, it was a big part of my home life. So it was just, it was hard to separate from my character. And I remember when I, you know, first started getting into movies and, and films, the way I got into those was was getting into the the Spielberg classics and uh, the, yeah. the George Lucas Star Wars scene, and of course those just have you know I would say it's cinema's finest soundtracks, mm. and so it's easy to be to fall in love with those because of because of the soundtrack alone. Yeah, uh, did uh, are any of your parents? I don't know what they do. Are they professional musicians at all? They both have played in bands um professionally or for money i guess you'd say it's, yeah you know, just kind of a little side hustle cool that's awesome yeah i i totally get so i relate to your story it's pretty similar actually so my dad um is a band director or sort of was he's like semi-retired now um and it was just something about always every saturday friday night saturday night of my entire like fall every single year was going to marching band contests with my dad and watching my dad's band. And I just became invested at such a young age of just like, I don't know, I've always been very competitive as a person. So I always wanted his band to win. I would sit as a kid, like when I was like seven and write notes about stuff and give it to him like, Hey, this person messed up. Like, I didn't know what it was, but you know, I was uh, like becoming obsessed with it basically. Um, and, um, my dad's entire family are musicians. He, like he, uh, toured with like a, they had like a family gospel group that toured, um, uh, when he was a kid. So like all of this is just, it's just surrounding me my entire life. And for the longest time, I actually thought I wanted to be, um, a band director like my dad. Um, and then I saw how hard it was, um, and not hard as in, I wasn't willing to do the work. But I just saw like, it's not that he talked me out of it, but he was just showing me like, it it takes a toll on you because it's just such a intensive. I mean, my dad was working like 50 hours over the weekend, you know, like every weekend and that anyway, just it, it, it kind of steered me towards my other and what was my stronger passion of video and combining all of this together and appreciating movies like you're saying is kind of what brought me to love both of it so mm-hmm. i i couldn't exist without the band and the music in me but also this like video world combined and it's pretty sweet so so uh my dad was a musician yeah. <laughs> and then so that's you know all of us were obviously shout influenced. out to the dads yeah. yeah we were all influenced by our parents my mom not a musician terrible singer 
Um, I mean, just the absolute <laughs> trash, like the worst. Can I just cut this and we can send it directly? To She'll you. know. She. It's a, like a joke between us. But yeah. the what's funny about my mom is, even though from a you know talent perspective of someone who can or cannot sing, my mom does sing, and she sings loud, and she doesn't care who hears her. So I wanted to bring that up, you know, because my dad was a very talented musician. He uh, he played guitar, bass, drums. He was in bands. He was in, like, worship bands and stuff, um, you know, on and off. And then my mom was, uh, you know, very involved in the church and everything. And she would just lift her hands and sing as loud as she could and didn't care who saw it. So music was a big part of my life. What's funny is... I got to a point where my brother, who is also a musician, and my dad would do nothing but play music. That's all they would do. They were obsessed. And I was, like, younger, and I was like, you know, music's fine, whatever. But I was like, come play kickball with me. Come, like, outside. And they're like, no, no, we're playing guitar. We're doing this. And so I declared that I hated all music. And I would never listen to music or play music as long as I live because music takes my dad and my brother away and they just spend time together. And, you know, blah, you know, I'm a little kid. How like, old were you when this happened? Oh, like four or five. <laughs> I mean, I remember it. Like, I very specifically remember I had made that decision. Music sucks. I hate all music. And then as I got older, I'm like, you know, music's kind of cool. <laughs> and I start listening to music. And then my brother is like doing these cool things, like playing in a worship band. And, and then I'm like told I can sing. Apparently I, you know, this is, I would just sing and people would be like, wow, you have a good voice. And so because of my mom being like, so you can do it, baby. And you can sing as loud as you want. I had like tons of confidence, too much confidence, to be honest. Um, but I started to just like sing in like the little youth band at church and stuff. And then the uh, the drummer left the church band because he went to to go play in like in a real band. And I was like, you know, I mean, drums are cool. Like I'm gonna sit down and I just sat down and just started playing drums. And it wasn't like I didn't even have to really think about it. So I would fully consider myself, a drummer like that is what I do when people ask me I say I can play guitar I can play a little piano I could sing (laughs) as I've gained weight that gets harder and harder for some reason I think it's my breathing um but then I am a drummer that is who I am uh you know I am a video person I am a husband I am a father I am a drummer I am a skateboarder even though I don't skate as much as I used to like those are parts of me that literally like when someone's like, who are you? Like, that's who I am. Right. Is I am a drummer. I am a video person. I am a husband. I am a father. I am a skateboarder. And that's it. Like, that's who I am. So um, I did get the opportunity to uh, start playing drums in the worship band. And my brother actually worked at the thrift store at the time. And of course, he's over the moon that I'm starting to get into music because he's obsessed with music. And my brother actually bought me my first drum set from the thrift store where That's he so worked. Cool. It was a Sensonics brand. It's basically a Walmart brand. I say I never heard of that. Yeah, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible brand. But that's what I learned on was like this crappy 
Walmart brand drum set. Uh, it did not come with a drum throne. It did not come with um, a snare stand. I don't think it even actually came with a snare drum. Um, it was just the toms and the kick drum and uh, like a pedal and a, a crappy hi-hat stand with some like tin hi-hats. They were awful. <laughs> um, but so I learned on toms with no snare drum at first. And then I saved up enough money and I bought a snare drum. Well, I didn't have a snare stand, so I used a, 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 a laundry basket. Uh. So I put the snare drum in the laundry basket where <laughs> it would like go down in there and yeah. sit. Because obviously you can't sit it on anything because if you know anything about drums, snares are these little metal pieces on the bottom of the drum and that's what gives it its crack and rattle sound. So if those snares are muted by anything, if you sit them on a table or on a pillow or whatever... It's just, it's going to sound like a dead Tom. It's yeah. not going to sound like a snare. Um, so I was like, how am I going to do this? So I found a laundry basket that worked. So, and then I just kind of slowly, like all my money out of nowhere that I would work, do chores, whatever, just started going to drums. And I'm like, what the crap? Like, I have no money, but I've got this cool drum, cool drum set. Yeah. I've got this symbol that I just bought, you know, whatever. Um, and then I don't want to dominate the whole podcast, but I did get the opportunity to, I played and played and played. And then I joined this band and I, originally I was going to be like the singer for this band. And when I was at the tryouts, the drummer could not play a certain beat that this band wanted him to play. And I sat down and was like, here, this is how you do it. And I watched all their faces look at each other. I was like, oh crap. <laughs> that night they were like hey we kicked this guy out will you be our drummer wow. instead of our singer i was like oh man and i was like yes on one condition can i play drums and sing and they're like yeah we don't care so um i joined that band and then that band turned into um i mean at you know i became a professional drummer i mean that started to be what i actually did so we were uh, a metal hardcore band, and that is what it sounds like, screaming and lots of double kick pedal and hollering about, you know, the world is bad and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and we ended up uh, doing a bit of touring. We got signed to a European record label uh, called Candlelight Records. We did, uh, we got to tour in Europe with um, a band called Sixth and a band that if you're into metal and hardcore, you will know they're called Architects. And they were our opening uh, group on the tour. So it was architects would open for us and then we would open for six. And then six was like the headliner of the tour. And what's funny is people that are listening that know this architects are freaking huge now, like bigger than six and us. Hmm. And so it was really weird to know, like we were there and they were opening and every night we were like, dude, they're way better than we are. Yeah. <laughs> like they're so much better than us. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a absolutely once in a lifetime experience, you know. Especially then because this is before this is like MySpace is really popular. Yeah. But like this is before you can easily upload music videos and upload. You know, YouTube is around, but like hardly anyone can actually do anything with it. There's no mobile internet. I mean, honestly, this is like a we had Blackberries and you could kind of get on the internet, but it was all text. Like no images would show up, no video, no music, nothing. So um, it was a different world then. So weird. I feel like an old man. But um, it was like right at the beginning of when bands could fully build an audience online. And that's what we did. We were able to build a pretty big MySpace audience. And then Candlelight Records, when we sent our demo, 
the first thing they did was went to our MySpace page and we had like 600,000 followers or something like that. And before we were signed and they were like, oh, like they're going to move records. They're going to sell CDs, you know? And so they signed us and, and the rest is history. Um, we'll have to do a whole nother episode on. Oh, dude, I've got, I've got stories. stories. Oh my God. I've heard some pretty great ones that I can think of on the top of my head. So we'll do that at some point, but yeah, I mean, and then you got interested in video or like new stuff about video production because of both that and skateboarding. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, I, I guess I can wrap that story up with our final tour. I, I'm sorry, our final show when we did the European tour was in London. And I had just gotten married. My wife flew over for our final show in London. We were going to stay in, well, we did stay in London for a few days, which there's amazing stories related to all that. We'll tell that another time. Um, and we're in this meeting with the owner of the record label, the PR person, the tour manager, all these people. And they tell us that the next tour that they have booked for us is with Metallica. And what? we are like, no way. And they're like, no, for real. Like, this is why we wanted to meet with you and all this stuff. But I felt in my soul and in my gut, I've shared this before, but I'm a Christian and there were just things that I witnessed on that tour that, you know, as a Christian, we can be in this world, but obviously not of this world is what I believe. And I was starting to even appear as though I was of this world, even though I wasn't, I didn't, do anything I, bad on tour or whatever, but other people were. And it was enough to raise concern to where I said, I have to separate myself, even though they just told us I'm going to go on tour with Metallica in a few months. I said, I stood up and I said, I've prayed about it. I've talked with my wife and I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to let all of you know, in the room that I'm leaving the band. And must it, have been really hard. Dude, it was terrifying, but like like I'm again, I mean this is going to turn somewhat spiritual podcast, but this is who I am and so I don't, you know, whatever. But like I really fully believe like God was speaking through me in that moment because I would not have been able to do it. I wouldn't have had the courage or the strength. I had had lots of conversations with my wife about this and um it was just the right thing to do. And so anyway, I quit and they're like, no way. Like, are you serious? And they're like coming at me like after the meeting and they're like, what can we do to change your mind? Like all this kind of stuff, the the tour people. And I just said, look, I'm, I'm not leaving y'all just high and dry. I will, co- I will commit to the rest of the shows we have booked. We had more shows back in, you know, America, North America. I will train my replacement. And have him ready to play drums so that when I leave, it will be a done deal. We will book a final show where George is leaving. I will leave on good terms. And we did all of that. Um, And they did, you know, they played for a little while after that, but they eventually, you know, broke up as a band. But yeah, it was, it was very difficult to do, but I'm glad I did it. Obviously I got to, I got to experience that. A goal of mine was to be in a band and tour and be on a record label. And I did all that. And then it was like, okay, Done is better than perfect, right? I did it. It wasn't perfect, and I'm not going to continue, but I'm going to leave, and then the rest is kind of history. I did a skateboarding thing, and, you know, I was into video. I was into music editing and all that stuff. So without that journey, 
I don't think I would have ever honestly started Seed Creative yeah. um, because one, I would have just stayed in the band and, you know, it would have just been what it is and you're just in a metal band for the rest of your life. Or I wouldn't have been pushed into the world of like digital recording in general. True. You know what yep. I mean? Because I was exposed to those things and I was like, I could do that. I could figure that out. I was watching the guys use the jib on our music video and I'm like, I had no idea what it was, but I was like behind there with them, like watching them. And I didn't even realize I'm like, I'm watching what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my yeah, life. That's this crazy. Is, mm. This is kind of cool. You know, and so, um, but yeah, that that's kind of. I, I totally relate to this kind of like what I was alluding to earlier, but like choosing to give up something. Um, and it wasn't for the same reason, but I relate to choosing to give up something because, you know, I knew that when I chose not to, and I chose this like middle of high school, like I knew early on, but I knew that I not choosing to major in music was going to lead to a point to where I couldn't do marching band anymore. And mm. it's, this is my last year now. Um, and it's something I'm dreading is not having it anymore. Cause like I said, I've done it. I've been at a con contests, everything marching band every weekend of the fall of my entire life. Wow. Right? And it's going to be gone and you know, two months or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but I also knew that this is the right thing you know, to make that decision. And it was just, it was really hard. So I can't even imagine being, you know, as successful and, you know, going to go on a tour with Metallica. <laughs> um, and Ironically, I went to the show in Atlanta that that tour was. Yeah. And I saw our replacement band, which is a band called Gojira. And again, for metal people, they'll be like, oh my God. So Gojira ended up filling our spot on that tour because we didn't do it. Um, and I went over there and saw them in Atlanta and I was watching them. And I'm not going to lie. A little piece of me was like, that could have been me. That could have been me. I could have been up there playing over all these people. But then it was like, but it's okay. And I had fun. So how about each of us go around and kind of talk about a single musician or group that has influenced us in either the most or, you know, in some way. Coker, you can go first. So um, they're kind of an unofficial group, but, like, I would say the Rat Pack is is who influenced me the most. So for those who don't know, that's, like I said, kind of an unofficial group. I don't think they ever released a song as the Rat Pack, but mm -hmm. it's a group of guys in the 50s. It's Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. are the main three. And then occasionally they have some some other folks come in and out. Uh, but they were all these crooners, jazz singers in Vegas in that era. And I think they're they're among the well, yeah, they're definitely among the best of the the jazz vocalists of all time. You know, yeah. there's there's others like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong who are a different scene, but but these guys are really the were really the cream of the crop and um they were so good. I think this is what influenced me the most from them at doing what I think is the essence of jazz. And that's, that's really making the story happen with the music and with the off the cuff inventions that you, that you make with jazz. Um, and so around that time, this would have been when I was in high school, that's, you know, when I really started to sing seriously, I guess you'd say. Um, and, I would listen to them a lot and I'd be like that, that's, 
that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be good at. Um, and so that's what I did. Yeah, I worked on, you know, just, just being able to do that same thing to, to not only tell that story well, but also just, just reach that level of vocal, I guess, perfection, maybe you'd say. Because um, that's the other thing they had is they were all just amazing vocalists. You know, when oh, you're when so you're a ja- when you're a jazz yeah. singer, you can kind of get away with having a weird voice that's you know not technically correct. But these guys, I mean, they had like the really the golden voices and and Sinatra, of course, because of that since he kind of he had the largest career of any of them, he he did kind of bridge into that you know just more easy listening, just oh listen to the the pretty singing kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean just the perfect balance of, of vocal perfection and, and storytelling through music. I love it. I still do. And I still listen to it all the time. Yeah. I mean, again, Coker, man, me and you have a lot in common because like I am, I feel like no one in our general like age group, like in between our two ages appreciate jazz at all. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's just this, I talk about this a lot, but, and I'm not going to go on a rant, but the movie La La Land, the the guy in the movie, his name is Seb. And he's always saying like, people don't understand jazz. And Mm. that's like me as a person. Like I, it just changed my whole life basically. Um, so, you know, I love the Rat Pack. That's a great, I, I should have picked that as mine in my head. But (laughs) what I did think of was, um, like big band style music and my, and for those of you that don't know, that's like you would call that a jazz band if you saw it, um, uh, like a full jazz band. And uh, the specific one that like really changed my life was uh, Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band. Um, I don't, I, I doubt either of y'all know what it is. I'm sure nobody besides my mom, hi mom, that's listening, mm-hmm. knows that I'm talking about because they're famous in like super deep jazz world of like band people. But they just write the hardest freaking crazy music that you've ever heard. It is just insane, the talent that they have, the writing, just all of it. It blows my mind. And all of the people, if you've ever seen, like, literally any movie, all of those musicians also usually are in, like, um, like symphony orchestras and stuff. Like, every single one of them, the lead trombone, the lead trumpet, like... If you've seen Mission, oh, not Mission Impossible. If you've seen um, The Incredibles, that that's the band that did that. Like that, that's who did it. And the guy that wrote it is that guy, is Gordon Goodwin. So, you know, it's just incredible and so hard, and it just made me appreciate music in a way that I didn't think was possible. And it also makes me look down on some other kinds of music, country, that I hate because I don't think it's. But it's okay. It's okay. If you like country, you do you do you, babe. Um, so anyway, like like I'm said, that the it just changed my whole life when I heard that the first time. So Yeah, so mine's probably gonna be somewhat predictable, um, just based on, you know, the band that I was in and everything. Hannah but, Montana. Mm, yes, you guessed it. Um, I will say this though, and I think that we can all we can all agree with this that I'd at my core, I'm a musician, and so I love and respect all music, regardless. Um, even I don't love country, I don't. But I, I'm sorry, I, country people. I do, res- I do respect it because that's what that's who they are, and that's what they believe in, and that's how they believe that they can tell stories and connect with others. And so, you know, um, 
I love and respect all music. Uh, with that said, I would say deep down, this is going to be almost like my Dumb and Dumber is my favorite movie. Like, I have to be honest and true to myself. Probably a band called Zayo is, you're, neither one of you are going to know who the heck they are. Zayo is the band that when I listened to it, I was like, kind of like you, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. They're extreme, they're loud, they're crazy. Um, but that was my first um, exposure to like heavy, heavy metal, hardcore music. Mm-hmm. And because of them, I started to listen to other styles of music like that and then eventually got in a band and, I mean, got to do amazing things because of that style of music. I wanted to play just a little bit. So this is the song, the first time I heard it. It's like when your world changes, your eyes are open. And I think this is the song. Let's let's listen. So good. I love it. All right, I was dancing to that a little bit. So that song, when I heard it, I was like, oh, what? What is this? What is happening right now? What is that guy doing with his voice? The drums are so, like, not what you would expect. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Instead of dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's dun, 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 dun. I love that offbeat That little offbeat. Man. And, you know, I'm little, I'm young. I'm like 12 or 13 probably when I hear this. But after that, it was like, that's it. Those are my people, you know. And uh, and they were for a really long time. And, I mean, they still are. You know, there was a, something the, uh, recently called Sloss Fest, and Zayo played. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. I unfortunately did not get to go, but hoping that I can go next year. Um, but, yeah, like that, you know, that's that kind of music is what I would go and listen to. Dude, you know, like when you're that age, like things are dark and you're like depressed all the time because you're a boy who's (laughs) from the ages of 13 to like 16, you know, stuff is going on in your life and you're like, well, you know, and like that music is what I would go and listen to when I'd get mad or angry or whatever, you know, I don't like my mom, you know, um, sorry, mom. I do love you, though. Yeah, in this episode, you've called your mom a <laughs> terrible singer. <laughs> I know it's probably all a joke, but it we got to preface that that you love your mom. Oh, dude. Yeah, there will probably be a podcast with my mom in the yeah. future, yeah, and there will that. absolutely be a movie about my mom and my story. And so I think it comes it, out tomorrow. No, no. anyone that <laughs> knows me knows how much I respect my mom. Yeah. So it's all just I'm joking around. Um, but yeah, so that. Zayo is probably the band that influenced me the most. But then there's other people. Like, I know, Coker, you're a huge Michael Bublé fan. Mm. <laughs> He's not. Yeah, not at all. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I love a, There's a band called Novo Amor. Complete opposite end of the spectrum of Zayo. Freaking love. One of my favorite groups right now. Um, you know, Copeland is a band that's like super soft and chill. I was, I was about to say, I thought you meant like Copeland is in like the composer. I was like, oh, I love Copeland, <laughs> yeah. but that was sure that too. Mozart, Bach. Name one thing that Mozart wrote. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. 
Yeah. Be- Beethoven. It took him a second. <laughs> That's a joke from a very oh. popular movie called. Um, oh my God. What's that movie called? The one with the dog. Beethoven. No. <laughs> No, the old they they go man. in the they go in the telephone booth and they go back in time. Bill and Ted. Oh, you don't oh, remember yeah. when they call him Beef Oven? Uh, no. I don't remember that. Uh, go, for a second, I thought you were going to say Doctor Who because no. he goes into phone. Oh yeah, like, no, like no, Dr. they're Who's they're in? introducing people when they go Beef Oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to give a shout out to two more things. Also, like not anything specific, but just concert music. I'm like one mm-hmm. of the very few people my age that appreciate concert music. Gosh, love it so much. Uh, like people like Bernstein. Oh my gosh, changed my life. And also something else I really appreciate about what Coker you're in now, but like me and George talk about music all the time, especially when we're driving to shoots. And you introduced me to this band called Snarky Puppy. Oh, incredible! See, that changed yeah. my life. That song. Lingus by Snarky Puppy Insane. changed my life. I listened to it like every day for a month after that. Yeah. That band is insane. You're and welcome. they're so different. They, I can't believe I didn't know. I know two people in that band. Or like so my dad does. Got it, got it. And I can't believe I didn't know about it. And my dad was like, Yeah, I actually almost took you to a concert, but then I didn't. I was like, What? <laughs> See, I do want to make it clear. I get really self conscious about this because people think when you listen to metal and stuff, that that's all you listen to. No. It's not. Dude, I love Snarky Puppy. They're incredible. I love, re- I was in a reggae band. Like, I love reggae. Like, I love, I love all music. So, anyway. Except for country. No. <laughs> <laughs> I respect country music. Yeah. <laughs> you also love the Beatles, right? Oh, yeah. My, that was my dad's favorite band. Yeah. It was the Beatles. It's hard not to, it's hard not to love the Beatles. My son is becoming a drummer, too. I'm really stoked because, like, it wasn't forced. I'm really happy about that. That's like me, too. Yeah, like, it just, I was like, hey, he's a natural drummer, but I'm not going to push it. And he just kind of found it on his own. And so I'm, like, super stoked. And he's been playing um, Come Together a lot by the Beatles. And so that's, like, a fun one on drums. My dad sat me down when I, like, when I got close to being the age where I'd start band. And he said, you don't have to join. Like, you never have to do anything. But I'm always here to, like, help if you want it. Yeah. And that was like the greatest thing because I was always worried. And I know have friends that are also kids of band directors where they're were like forced, forced to be the best. Yeah. And, you know, it just worked out that I ended up being decent at trombone and stuff. So. I'm the dad that I didn't force it at all. But when he did it, I was like going in the closet like, yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's a drummer. You know, so. What about you? What about yeah, your were kids? Were you forced? What yeah. about your kids, Coker? <laughs> all my kids. But, yeah, but you weren't. It doesn't sound like you were forced into any sort of music at all, even though both your parents are musicians. No, nah, certainly not. They, I mean, they're you know they were always talking about when the time came signing me up for piano lessons, but yeah, it was definitely something I wanted to do anyway. Yeah, like just from watching my dad play, you just say you know oh, I want to do that, and I actually never took. Um, this surprises a lot of people until I got to college. Um, I never actually took formal private voice lessons of any kind. I just sung in choir at school and, and in plays. Where did you go to college? University of Alabama. Roll time. I knew that, but for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Did y'all know that I had a full music scholarship? I can't believe you dropped wow. out. It's, it was for the band, right? And I dropped out to go on that European tour. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a full ride, buddy, yeah. for singing, for a vo- uh, voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I got offered to d- direct a movie or something, I'd be like, yeah. Peace. Yeah. 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 
and then I like had lost because I was gone for thirty five days. It was a thirty five day tour. There was like no way I could. Try oh, to did go you not even tell them? Up. You just just like went the on the score? tour. Yeah. No, I told them. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying because it wasn't – they they were like, if you're gone for, like, a week or two, we get it. But, like, 35 days, there's no way you're going to make all that up. Yeah. You know, because I was, like, doing 17 hours a week or something. Like, yeah. that's full-time, right? Isn't it? 12 hours is full-time. So yeah, yeah. So, I, I think I was doing, like, 16 and a half, 17 hours a week or something. And then I was also working at UPS. Yeah. And then I was also in a band and – so yeah, it was I mean just, there that was makes no total way. sense. I mean, you know, I work here, I work at UA, and I also have seventeen hours of school. So yeah. like, I could not do that. <laughs> so, but if you left for thirty five days, would you be able to recoup all the no. missed classes? Well, I mean, as much as I am a genius, <laughs> he really is a genius, y'all. He was on the dean's list, wow. president's list, president's <laughs> list, same thing. I mean, it's not, but <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm uh, not a genius. President's list is better. So I gotta get that red cap, man. 4.0 graduation. Heck yeah. Anyway. I Everyone think clap at Nick Golden. <laughs> this has turned into a long podcast. We should probably go now. Okay. I mean, we do have to record another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also have to write a song right now. Oh, right. Now we're going to do that. We'll do another episode. Okay. We're going to write a song. Can we, Do you think us three could harmonize? Right now? Everybody, uh, without yeah. talking about it, pick a note. <laughs> dude, this is gonna be so good all right you ready three dude i can't even do this oh dear you gotta just I, sing I gotta, it gotta, we're know. just saying a law okay one <laughs> okay right i got it how in tune are we how in sync are we together let's one, hold hands okay i'm just kidding <laughs> i all was right. gonna do it here you go one two three Love. That wasn't bad, dude. Was it was pre- the bass. Are that you was the bass? Bad. I think we picked the same note. Me and you were like, Law. <laughs> Alright, this is what happens when this is what like seed really looks like. Yeah. We don't get any work done. We I think we laugh. should start the podcast after an hour of us sitting here because that's when it gets <laughs> That's real. when it gets good. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, gotta go. Bye. And the next and one. Then the next done. one's like we're on drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. Thanks for checking out this podcast. If you like music, let us know. Or if you don't like music, let us know too. We respect you country music people. Yeah, I'm we sorry do. sorry for what I said. Yeah. Nick Golden is just, he's a hater, man. <laughs> just don't worry about it, country folks. I got your back. I grew up in Brookwood. So if anyone was uh, like, could identify as a country person, I could. Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up in Brookwood? No. Have you ever been to Brookwood? I went with you. Yay! <laughs> he did. He get Okay, I'll shut up now. All right. <laughs> check out uh, other episodes. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> this podcast was produced by Nick Golden with executive producer George Edmondson, edited by Nick Golden and Gavin Manning. Be sure to subscribe, drop a like, and a comment. Tune in every Monday for brand new podcast content, and we'll see you on the next one.